0: Welcome back to Not Alone, a podcast about faith and wellness. We're so glad you're joining us. This week, we're circling back on the topic of anxiety, but we're framing the discussion this time around on the imminent reentry into, quote, normal life. What is it about post pandemic living that is actually giving us anxiety? Here to discuss this are Evan DeYoung and Lindsey Geist. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Not Alone podcast, the podcast that explores faith and well-being. I am joined every week by my... Oh, no. What are we going to do, Lindsay? I'm joined every week by Lindsay Geist. However, Michael McCord...
1: The third musketeer is, is absent on, today. He's
0: working on his dissertation. I made that sound a lot more dramatic, so I, I didn't want to leave as long of a pause because nothing happened to Michael. Michael's <laughs> fine. What happened to Michael is he's getting his doctorate and he's almost done with it. So Michael has a lot one, to
1: He He's got one week to go. And we thought that today's episode talking about anxiety around re-entry into the world post-pandemic was probably going to add more anxiety to his life than he really needed Right now, because I'm sure that he is anxious enough on those final days of his deadline. So you just have the two of us today.
0: You just the two of us. If you ever look at Michael's calendar, you can it's a visual representation of all of the things that he juggles between uh, having a board of trustees meeting and then attending a child's basketball game to cooking dinner. He is a superman. He and Emily his wife, I don't know how they do it, but they are uh, an inspiration to us all. So, in order to remove some anxiety from them, you just got us today.
1: Let's hope it doesn't go off the rails. <laughs>
0: it's already off the rails. <laughs> so Lindsay this this week we are talking about reentry into society, back to quote unquote the new normal and some potential anxiety or stressors and frustrations that can stem from this reopening process. It's like uh, the um, you ever to have the Sunday scaries on Sunday. When you Mm -hmm. think about Monday to go to work, Sunday scaries is a a good representation. This is like a year long pent up Sunday scary.
1: I know. I keep thinking about the song um, with the words back to life, back to reality that just, I feel the need like to maybe Justin can play a little. That we're going back to what we're calling reality, but it's not going to be the same. But it is like an extended Sunday scaries as we're trying to figure out how to get ready for that life. And there's parts of me that's really excited about it. And then there's parts of me that is going, oh, no, please do not make me go back to the old pre-pandemic life.
0: Yeah, there are parts of it that I think can just stay in the past. And uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to pick and choose uh, my entrees for the new normal maybe as much. as I would like, but in my household, the Sunday scaries generally pan out like this. We're hanging out on Sunday, eating dinner, usually hanging out, and then somebody just kind of gets the thousand yard stare, <laughs> kind of stares mm-hmm. off the roof and you can yeah. just tell that someone in our family is thinking about the things that they need to get set up for Monday, uh, and I definitely feel that in this season now, too. It's, I don't know what to expect.
1: I feel like I'm, writing a lot of to-do lists all the time, uh, that there's constantly things where I go, "Oh, I can't put that off anymore." or oh, I really need to figure that out and do that before I re-enter. Um, as though there's like gonna be this one moment when I have to have it all done by, and then I go back into the world. But I agree with you that there's uh, this stare or um, I just start getting really worried. Mm-hmm. or feeling really overwhelmed.
0: Overwhelmed is a really good term for it because there's so much unknown. I mean, I've moved so many events and reservations for events and canceled so many things that now I'm setting dates that looking at all the facts, there's no real reason why we couldn't do our event in July and you know have a retreat in September. And it looks good. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is actually happening. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, something's going to happen, you know, like, cause that's what has been, we thought it was going to get better. But I think the vaccine rollout has really been the one thing that we've all been like, once this happens, this opens the door for us to do a lot.
1: And it does. And it's also playing with my mind a lot that we've spent a whole year spending most of our time at home is trying to stay away from people uh, trying to stay safe. I mean, at the beginning we were wiping down everything uh, with way too many Lysol or Clorox wipes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, I'm just, I guess my brain's going back to like all of the things that I've tried to stay away from or not do. And now I, I have, had both of my vaccine doses and know that it is safe enough to interact with somebody else that has had both of theirs. And a colleague of mine came over the other day and we worked in our house together.
0: You guys had a study session?
1: Yes. And I felt weird the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we kept looking at each other going, I know it's okay but I've spent a year telling myself this is not okay. And I couldn't quite get calm. I would have waves of calm. And then all of a sudden in the middle of doing something, I'd get a wave of anxiety of, oh no, this person is way too close to me.
0: Mm -hmm. I traveled for the first time in the pandemic, uh, like flight travel. We, We drove and visited some family after quarantining for like 10 days to just drive and see them. And, you know, like hand sanitizers at the gas pump when we had to get gas mm-hmm. and you know all that stuff which we probably should always do because i imagine we'd be healthier if we did i mean
1: the world is uh a lot grosser and dirtier when you start thinking about all the germs that we never really thought about before
0: oh yeah well i mean like and i wash my hands now when i go to the bathroom every time instead of just half the time so <laughs> it's <laughs> all it took was a pandemic <laughs> To bring me up to base level hygiene.
1: But you did travel last week and you uh, flew for the first time in over a year and stayed somewhere besides your house or a family member's house. um, And had to eat somewhere besides like peanut butter and jelly in your hotel room.
0: Right. The restaurant was closed, so we had to.
1: Yeah. What was that like for you?
0: it just felt like a dream. Like it didn't feel real. Like I would, I would just pause and just kind of be lost in thought during the most basic of interactions. Like I'm going through TSA and I'm like, uh, is this actually happening? Like, am I in this like socially distanced line? And there's all these things that we do that maybe help and maybe don't. Maybe they're kind of sanitation theater that like, kind of you make sense and then don't i was in line to do the tsa screening and i don't have pre-check michael had pre-check michael and i traveled together he had pre-check so michael was like one of three people in his line and i'm in a line that stretches to montana and there's (laughs) there's a there's a, a person with a bag in front of me and there's just a bunch of hair in this like mesh bag and it looked like a big old like wig and like they Mm -hmm. were just kept carrying it and then i was like oh that's a dog (laughs) <laughs> that person has a dog in a bag and they're doing great and they're traveling by themselves and i just kind of you know stopped and i like to talk to people and the pandemic makes that kind of weird but if you're six feet apart and both wearing masks it's you know no big deal i said oh you know is it do you have a dog in the bag and the, the lady's like oh yeah this is let's call the dog lulu or something like that and the dog had been like totally silent i thought the dog was dead or on drugs or something <laughs> it's like it's just, it looked like a bag of wigs like one of my coworkers workers mm-hmm. thought it was like I could just be a bunch of wigs. It could be a stylus. I was like, I really think that's a dog. And so I go, oh, Lulu. And then all of a sudden, boop, out pops this little head <laughs> out of this bag. And it's this cute, tiny little dog. Problem is, whatever trance or slumber this dog had been in, for the rest of the TSA line, all this dog wanted to do was jump out of the
1: bag. Oh, my goodness. So, so I... <laughs>
0: Got this dog all riled up and then had to walk behind it every time. And it kept trying to get out of the bag and come to me so I would pet it or whatever. And I just mouthed to the person through my mask. Obviously, I was like, (laughs) I'm so sorry. Like, I just tried to convey my apologies. Hoping
1: that it it could be conveyed through your
0: eyes only. I know. That's exactly it. And, And it was just a weird... You know, I couldn't, you can't really t- talk to people. I love striking up conversations with people at the airport. And I'm sure that some people are like, I hate people like you. That's fine. Uh, and it really did feel fake. It, it felt almost imagined. Like I had to take a moment and kind of ground myself wherever we ended up whether it was on the airplane or when we landed or picking up the rental car you know all the things that you think about like who was in this car before what did they have and I had a a vaccine dose before we went on the trip which was helpful gave me a lot of confidence that at least had some start to some kind of Mm
1: -hmm.
0: boosted immune response and even then it was it was just wild because we were meeting people we were doing interviews it was a video project And, you know, that means people are coming in and they're sharing and I still don't know if it was real. Mm -hmm. Like it it kind of felt like a Truman Show type, like theater, like the world was just going on around me. And it made me realize how much I had only seen the inside of the same three or four buildings for like a year. Grocery store, Home Depot, home.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's wild that Things that used to be familiar to us, our brains have changed in some ways because those things were no longer important to us for a whole year. So we didn't have to hold into our in our brain in you know easy to access places. How do I go through TSA and um, go through all of the security measures? How do I go through having all the appropriate stuff to get on the plane or even packing to go on a trip? Uh, those things have gone to the recesses of mm-hmm. our minds.
0: Oh, yeah. Packing. And I had no idea what to
1: pack. Pulling, the, pulling them out again yeah. is really challenging. There's um, a lot of therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists are saying right now that we're going to be socially awkward for a little while.
0: I already am, so I have no idea. <laughs>
1: Well, we're going to be socially awkward for a bit of time because we haven't had to use those tools. Mm -hmm. We haven't had to practice interacting with strangers uh, (laughs) or striking up conversation. I mean, because as much as you love to talk to people and meet new people, you probably have not talked to people in the grocery line that often in the past year as compared to your non-pandemic life
0: yeah my non my non-pandemic talking to strangers in public quota has gone way down i mean I got, a lot non- of, I got a lot of time to make up for
1: i mean your non-pandemic self uh i don't think has ever uh i was gonna say has ever met a stranger you have met one and then they have left as a friend within five minutes um that you you get to know everybody around you and you love engaging in conversation and you have not used that muscle in quite the same way.
0: It is weird the parts of our brains and personalities that we inherently just kind of turn off when we're in a situation like this and especially something that's been as long and protracted as as this. We have some neighbors that we've gotten to know who are really great, um, and they have young children, and this is a pretty essential developmental stage for children for social skills, but they haven't been in preschool as much and haven't gotten to see people and things like that, so, you know, when we're talking and hanging out outside, you would see them on our walks or whatever, and they're wonderful, you know, they... Seem really happy that there's some interaction and that, you know, their kids are getting to see new people in a safe way and that kind of stuff. And it just kind of makes you think about how much that's happening inside of yourself. Uh, Because I'm thinking about this, you know, two or three year old who, you know, had some, as a year of social development, that they're going to have to catch up on some things and, you know, it'll take some time. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm not that different from a three year old. (laughs) Right, I, I just I'm I'm not, and I get really tired when I am mm-hmm. in social situations now, which is has not been the case. Like something has changed. So when I think about all the travel and the work and the meetings and all this other stuff, all the time in the car that we don't have anymore, I, it's really hard for me to even pick a single spot to process. And that's where I get some of this anxiety around reopening is. I just don't know. I don't. I think things are going to change, but I don't know how, and that stresses me out.
1: Well, we've come up with some sort of routine in this past year. Whether we want to call it a routine or not, uh, we're used to working in our houses. Uh, we're used to not interacting with as many people. We're used to only ordering takeout or cooking at home way more than we probably ever did before. Mm-hmm. Um and the thought of adding more things to our plates again or having to navigate more moving parts, I'm with you. It's making me feel a bit anxious.
0: And I wouldn't pin it as anxiety like I'm I'm the my personality is that I'm, if you're saying, huh, oh are you anxious okay. about this?" I would say, mm, probably not. But then when you start talking about the symptoms of anxiety, I'm like, oh yeah, I've got all that oh, maybe I am anxious about this, you know, because I like, I don't think of myself as an anxious person. So anxiety isn't like a word that I describe. But uh, as you know, we talked about some of our show prep, and you have some symptoms that you're going to walk us through of anxiety, I, I, I looked at them and went, I think I am super anxious about this. And I would have never put that language to it. But when I say that I start to feel that weight kind of open up a little bit and start to lift. Cause I'm like, Oh, I, I'm real with myself in this.
1: Yeah. We've talked lots about how naming things can be really empowering and really freeing that our feelings just really want names put to them so that we really identify them. Anxiety.
0: I name my I, feelings, Carl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, our our anxiety uh we don't feel comfortable with that word sometimes because we have decided that it's a bad word but yes anxiety is happens to all of us um if you if anybody listening needs a good throwback episode back in episode 6 we kind of talked about anxiety 101 mm. and specifically a lot about anxiety disorders um, or diagnosable mental health condition of anxiety. But anxiety in a broader term is normal. It's our response to stress. It's our feeling of fear or apprehension of what might be coming our way. Think back to school when you had an upcoming test you started uh building some sort of response to the stress that this test was coming or you had some sort of um fear might not be the right word more worry anticipation yeah some worry or anticipation around it and that anxiety probably led to you or if it didn't just pretend that it did because you might have been the person that didn't study at all um Did I hit the nail on the head?
0: Ding, ding, ding.
1: (laughs) But a lot of times the anxiety will lead to us studying to prep for that test. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with work meetings now or uh, different big events. We have a little bit of anxiety or apprehension or worry about it all. And that can serve as a motivator. So anxiety is not a bad thing in and of itself. Uh, when it is bad is when some of these symptoms start impacting your life day to day and start almost to the level of being debilitating to keep you from being able to live your life. So symptoms like uh, feelings of panic, fear, uneasiness. Check. Check. Difficulty sleeping, either uh, insomnia or waking up a lot. Check. Do you have any of those pandemic nightmares? Uh, those freak oh, me out. You the, have pandemic nightmares? Oh, I did a lot at the beginning. I haven't had them as many as many lately. Um, what
0: is? is it just like you wake up and you're like, I'm like anxious, but or is it like specific, like some lizard oh, like snuck into your house of, you and know, gave like you all COVID? All sorts
1: of, um, mask nightmares of like people showing up unmasked or family Whoa. members getting COVID. And it's actually been really common for people in this past year to have these pandemic nightmares. Um, I just think that you're, Really, I don't want to use the word lucky, but um, I'm glad that you have not experienced any of those absolutely insane, weird pandemic dreams.
0: Maybe I have, and I just sleep too hard to remember it, uh, but I think it's more the lack of sleep, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm not hitting the, the point of the depth of sleep that I need to actually dream.
1: Yeah, you're you're stuck in the insomnia phase.
0: My sleep schedule... Is bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And because we carry so much anxiety in our bodies, I mean, another symptom is not being able to stay still, kind of this uh, constant restlessness in our bodies. Uh, Fatigue, absolutely being worn out.
0: Check for no reason.
1: Yeah. I mean, we haven't done much in the day, but we can be tired because our minds have done so much work.
0: Yeah, or a lack of external stimulation. Like, that too. Because that's how I get my energy is new experiences. I like exploring, I'm curious, and I have read like all of Wikipedia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't wait to I'm learn about the obscure animals that you have learned about or all sorts of things, you know, weird U.S. history. <laughs>
0: yeah, I went on a deep dive on animal, groups of animals and why they're called the names that they are. Did you know that a group of ferrets is called a business? What? Yeah. There's some really great, really okay, great groups also, of animal names.
1: Do you ever get baffled some days going, my brain holds this information? Why? Why yeah, is it to, taking up space? Because I have
0: actual critical important things in my life that I need to do, and I'll turn around and turn the corner to go grab something and have no idea what it is, and then my brain goes, "Did you know a group of ferrets is called a business?" And I'm like, uh, <laughs> "What about this like medication I'm picking up? Like, why don't I go do that?" Oh, goodness. Now I'm questioning if I'm correct on that. I need to look it up.
1: Okay, you fact check yourself. What I'll keep going on a symptoms. Group of ferrets called. Um. Another symptom of anxiety is rumination, thinking about a problem over and over again, getting caught in that loop and unable to stop.
0: That's different than what I do to prepare meat to cook. Yes. That would be marination.
1: (laughs) Yes. Those are two different words um, coming to you uh, based on all of your Wikipedia reading. Thank you for helping give us that definition difference.
0: You're welcome, everyone.
1: Um, what would your fact check find? That you were mm-hmm. correct?
0: A male ferret is called a hob. A female ferret is called a jill. Oh, and they have different names depending on if they've been... Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. Uh, but I'll go to Bob Barker's line. If they've been spayed or neutered, they have different names. Okay. Uh, but uh, a group of ferrets is known as a business. Long way to say... I, I the facts were correct.
1: I am glad that people came to this episode hoping to be able to uh, not feel alone in their anxiety or find ways to manage through it and then can leave with really important facts like a group of ferrets is called a business. <laughs>
0: hey, everybody. Welcome to the Not Alone Podcast. <laughs> that the could podcast be your takeaway. <laughs> Faith, well-being, and ferrets. <laughs> this oh, is your
1: goodness. hard-hitting your
0: hard-hitting small animal.
1: <laughs> okay. You ready for the <laughs> okay. next symptom? Uh
0: I think I, th- I think I'm living into it right now. Looking at the notes.
1: Uh, uh, difficulty concentrating. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great segue that you didn't even know you were doing.
0: <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let the listeners judge whether or not that one is present.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. And then physical symptoms like uh, being sweaty, numb, tingling in your hands or feet. Um, shortness of breath. Like you can't catch your breath uh, Uh or even breathing faster or more shallow uh, and more quickly than you might normally be doing. So feeling like your heart is racing some, having dry mouth, maybe even being nauseous or loss of appetite, tense muscles. Those are the ones that uh, a lot of us notice that our shoulders and our necks and our backs, uh, have not felt good just sit, both sitting all the time, but even not doing much and everything just aches and mm-hmm. feels like it's been doing, uh, you know, a weight training exercise for how much it hurts all the time. Um, and then even some dizziness. So those are all symptoms of anxiety.
0: These are also symptoms of CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of them.
1: Okay. Um.
0: <laughs> am I anxious?
1: Oh, oh, CrossFit makes
0: me anxious. I can't do all the circuits. I watch these, I drive by these places and they're like just jumping around on boxes and stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to ride the bike.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm just not strong enough to lift all the stuff that they do. Oh, I I'm not am. Not coordinated. Not coordinated. Oh, enough that to do too. It. That too. So hearing all these symptoms, they they seem to encompass a lot of what we've been feeling probably at the very beginning of the pandemic. And then we kind of plateaued for a little while and they crept in and out. Um, and I'm noticing that they're creeping in more again, and they're starting to escalate again as we're planning uh, post pandemic life, or we're planning. How did I describe it the other day? Um, kind of, we see the off ramp on the highway. And know that it's coming.
0: That's inter- That's a great analogy because in Atlanta traffic, when you see the off-ramp, it's too late.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you if had you, to have gotten over eight lanes of traffic. If you can
0: see the off-ramp and you're not where you need to be, you missed it. So I do feel a lot of that same anxiety when I'm in the left lane and I realize I only have a mile or a mile and a half to get over. And that, does, that is how it feels. I feel like I have all this crazy traffic. I don't know how to navigate it. And I'm not quite sure what to do because I don't know where I'm going.
1: Yeah. What are, what are you most uh, anxious about or worrying about when it comes to re-entry or post-pandemic life?
0: I wonder if I'm any good at my job anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sure it's fine, but like, I haven't done like a, like a, like a teaching in person or led an event or, you know, I do a lot of like live events and, and meetings and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, do I, like, I'm going to need to sharpen my skills. Like I'm going to need to practice because I've been doing this every week of my life for, 10 plus years in this career and then now I it's all been digital and I just don't I don't know I don't remember the little things that it takes to do those things with excellence
1: it's almost like we don't know how to use our hands when we talk anymore or any of that because we're not used to pacing a stage um or anything
0: I'm kind of worried I'm not going to like it too. Like I I'm worried that I have some like Stockholm syndrome with being in my house and being with my family all the time cuz I love being with my family all the time. And so I'm thinking about all of us going back to work and having these meetings and I'm thinking do I did I even really like what we did or was I just kind of shaped by what needed to happen to be successful. And I don't know if I even want to go back to that. I do kind of, but I'm like in my mind, what if I get a couple months in and I'm like, I, I don't like this anymore.
1: I think we're really going to struggle adjusting as human beings. We don't do well with change. We are creatures of habit. We love everything about routines and taking this off ramp and going back to Uh, not our old ways, but post normal. Yeah. I hate talking about going back to normal because it's not like we're just, you know, going back to the way things were exactly the same and nothing has changed. I mean, so many people in this country have lost loved ones Mm that so many people have died. So many people have long-term health concerns as a result of this people's mental health Conditions have escalated or been diagnosed for the very first time. And so we're not going back to normal, the way things were. I almost wonder if, and maybe this is just me feeling this way, but part of my worry about reentry is that I don't want to go back to the way things were. Mm-hmm. I want parts of it back. But I don't want to fully go back to the way it was.
0: I don't know if the way that things were in some ways were that great.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I have really valued this year of strengthening some friendships and relationships. And then there are others where I have really appreciated a year of pausing and cleansing and refreshing.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I smell terrible all the time because you just don't have to bathe because <laughs> you
1: don't see anybody. That's the part that you don't want to go back to—is having yeah, to shower I just, every day.
0: I, I just blame it on the dogs. I was like, "Oh man, the dogs really stink," and I'm like, "Mm-hmm." It's definitely <laughs> the dogs.
1: Oh goodness, I, I just am. I think I'm getting a little. I think there's a mixture of anxiety and grief about this season ending.
0: I totally get that because I finally just turned off those parts of my brain that all the things that I would want to do but couldn't because of COVID, I have shoved them so far down into my desires and consciousness that like to bring some of that back. Like, I don't want to go do things anymore because I couldn't handle the disappointment. So my coping mechanism was just to squash my desire to go do those things or circumvent it and just go for a walk or go for a hike instead or, you know, sit outside, you know, in the backyard with some friends and things like that. But there are things that, like, I really, really love and miss that I'm kind of like, oh, do I even like that anymore? And I imagine I do. I'm gonna have to like make myself mm-hmm. at, do the things like that that I lo- used to love one or two times to like reignite my passion for them, and that's weird to me.
1: Yeah, in in the busyness, I don't think that I checked in with myself as much as I have this past year. I've done a lot of personal check-ins. Like, how am I feeling? Mm-hmm. What am I thinking? What does what does my body need right now? What does my soul need right now? And I think that I went on autopilot a I lot t- totally before then. Um, so even things as simple as I would go to the gym most days of the week or work out, go for a run, something. And during the pandemic, I have done more personal checking in of saying, okay, at the end of the day, what would be the most helpful thing for myself right now? Does it mean going for a run? Does it mean pulling out a book and sitting on the back deck and reading for a little while? Does it mean... um, you know, cooking something? Does it mean just walking to take out the trash? Uh, Kind of how much movement do I need? What does my soul need? Does it mean, would it be most helpful to call a friend right then? Um, And and just kind of asking myself these check-in questions and being in tune with my body and myself and my soul.
0: It is weird. One of the things that I really like is I've had to find joy in a lot of little things. And making fun where I can. Like, for example, uh, today is trash day Mm -hmm. for us. And I, in the new house, we put the cans out. And I always, if I'm home and the folks come by, the postman, the uh, waste disposal people, I always try and say hi or, you know, say thank you, that kind of stuff. But they have this giant claw arm now. And this, this truck pulls up and this giant claw comes out and grabs the trash can and then just kind of suplexes it in. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I think it's the coolest thing. So I always try and spread out the cans so that their arm can get it easily and they don't have to get out and move it and that kind of stuff. But today I had to push them over to the side and I heard them coming. So I sprint outside when they pull up so they don't have to get out of the, the truck and I grab the trash can, and I move it over, and they slowly start pushing the claw forward. And I shove the trash can into the claw, and I felt like I was helping. And then it, they dumped it, and I'm dancing around in the driveway, and the guys are <laughs> laughing. And then I like do a couple fist pumps, and then they go, ooh, ooh, on their little giant horn. I felt like a four-year-old child trying to get a truck driver. And, you know, listen, I didn't have that pre-pandemic. Now I got a new thing that I love.
1: I really hope that we keep getting as much joy out of little things as we have in the pandemic times. And I think, I think part of my anxiety, like I said, of going back to normal is losing things just as much as it is trying to figure out how to acclimate back.
0: Tell me this. I'm kind of tired of talking about the pandemic with my friends and family. I want us to have new memories to talk about new things. Like, I feel like there's this requisite 30 minutes of conversation that you have to have. Like, what's it been like for you? Have things been weird? Like, the vaccine has been something different because it's like, oh, have you gotten an appointment? Like, have you found one? Like, we can sign up now. Like, let's let's do that. But this, like, I think a lot of people in my circle, we're just kind of like, this is the groove and we'll figure it out. But we're, I'm just kind of tired of talking about it.
1: The one thing I do like really talking about it is that I feel like we have really asked people, how are you doing?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that question is becoming more embedded in has the pandemic been or what's been going on lately Um, is really saying, how are you doing? And I don't think we stopped to ask that question as much as we should have.
0: Right a year yeah. ago. Well, and it is a it is a universal event, which is really mm-hmm. rare. I mean it's have. collect
1: it's collective trauma.
0: Okay, you're gonna have to tell me more what that means.
1: Okay, so it is collective trauma. Well, trauma as a whole is something an event that may overwhelm your body, mind, or soul, something that has disrupted our lives that we struggle to adjust to. And trauma can be anything from, when we talk about trauma, you've probably heard me uh, mention before that there's big T trauma that we talk about, like abuse or uh, sexual assault or even something like a carjacking or a fire. Um, And then there's little T trauma uh, that is kind of everyday life events that have really made an Mm -hmm. impact on us. So so even like like a big move or a bad breakup that you've been with somebody a long time and then struggling to adjust, those are actually traumas in our lives of things that we have struggled to uh, adjust to.
0: Is there like super little T trauma (laughs) that is like Chick-fil-A didn't put your sauces in the bag in the drive-thru? I
1: think that's just... uh, unfortunate
0: oh okay it uh, doesn't experience. rise to the level of trauma. no
1: i mean I, you'll hear some clinicians talk about big t versus little t trauma it's it's just the best way for our brains to kind of understand that trauma doesn't have to just be this one size fits all sure. uh you know you don't have to be kidnapped to call it a trauma uh that there are plenty of things that we experience even death of a family member that is traumatic. Oh yeah. And so collective trauma is something that we're all going through the same traumatic event at the same time. Mm -hmm. We're experiencing the same trauma and that's something that it's been years and years since we have experienced the same trauma Um. Because even if you think about
0: uh, 9-11. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind. That um, was widespread and everyone had an experience with.
1: In a lot of ways, it was was a collective trauma, but it was still different than this one. Sure. Um, And the fact that it didn't impact everybody's daily lives. And this really has. Uh, When we've gone to war before, sometimes it's impacted. But a lot of those are... Uh, more collective traumas. It's it is the first time that most therapists are having to navigate their own uh, baggage and anxiety while working with people to help them navigate their baggage and anxiety around the pandemic, which is just uh, wild unto itself.
0: Do therapists just like round robin therapize each other? Or is there like an alpha therapist that only sees therapists?
1: No, we, I mean, we all try to go to our own therapists or have a peer consultation group where you have colleagues that get together. Um, I have a group that I get together with other therapists and talk about uh, when we've hit a roadblock or when we need some help, or just even we've spent more time in this past year talking about our own stuff. That we're trying really hard to not let come out in sessions while we're caring for other people. And so, so many of us are experiencing this collective trauma this past year that it's going to take us a while to adjust and find our way out of it.
0: Is there a typical universal reaction to collective trauma, just the same way that collective trauma is a response to a similar experience and everyone has their kind of perspective and personal experience with it but is there a common kind of everyone has experiences this trauma is going to probably do this and needs to sort through that like is it this has been traumatic so everyone's (laughs) going to try and find stability somewhere so everyone also had the universal stressor of covid and also had the universal desire to seek stability that's going to be different depending on your personality and circumstances
1: um there's a great book called the body keeps the score uh, that talks some about a lot of times we carry trauma in our bodies um that our bodies are alarm bells uh for us so before we can even name what we're thinking or feeling a lot of times our bodies carry it. And that's why so many of those physical symptoms of anxiety stood out. Um, Mm -hmm. It's because our bodies are using that as an alarm system. And so I would say that for collective trauma, it's also why a lot of us have felt really fatigued and exhausted because we're carrying it in our bodies. Um, People might have uh, some nightmares or racing thoughts um, excessive worry, uh, it's a little different for everybody in how they carry their trauma. Um, we might avoid the thing that, uh, brought on trauma. Um, so even in some ways, we're probably avoiding a lot of social interactions coming Mm -hmm. out of COVID because in a lot of ways, uh, people and all of that are we've spent a year believing they're bad
0: yeah is surely by this point somebody has done some research on how people are feeling right
1: yeah it's coming out in a lot of news articles in the last couple of weeks about uh, anxiety and reentry, and back in february the american psychological association uh, conducted a survey what do they know
0: <laughs> Sorry, American Psychological Association.
1: Oh goodness, the APA uh, knows a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and, in their survey, uh, almost half of the respondents said that they felt uneasy about adjusting to in-person interactions. Yeah, I get that. Once the pandemic ended, and the part that was wild to me is that vaccination status had very little impact on whether people felt uh, comfortable or uneasy adjusting to in-person interactions. It's not like people that were vaccinate, fully vaccinated, all of a sudden that anxiety just melted away. They too still felt uneasy. 48, so, so another kind of data point, When I say a lot of people, so half of the respondents said they felt uneasy about adjusting to in-person interactions and people, adults that have been vaccinated already, still 48% of them said they felt uneasy. So the number didn't really change.
0: That is so interesting. It is. It, a lot of the time it takes a while for my, my brain and my emotions to catch up with the facts. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I, and it's been really slow for this one too. Cause I'm sitting on this plane and I'm like, you know what? I might be okay if we just always wore masks on planes from now on. And like, mm-hmm. I just thought that in my head, cause I was like, this is kind of nice. Like, a bunch of people crammed together in an air conditioned tube. It does seem like there would be some benefits, long ranging, for us to continue to take some extra precautions but then I got home and looked at my face after sitting on the plane with the mask on and was like that was not exactly comfortable
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's gonna take time to rewire our brains that we have spent a year telling ourselves to be afraid of people um, and in in the simplest terms, like people are scary, people are bad. be afraid of being too close to anybody. And it is a lot easier to learn to be afraid than to undo that.
0: Oh, that's a good quote
1: mm-hmm. it it's just um. We learn self-protection a lot easier than we learn to relax and be vulnerable.
0: Oh, now Michael's going to hate that he missed this.
1: I know. I know. This is right up his alley.
0: It's a lot easier to be fearful than it is to relax and be Mm -hmm. be vulnerable. It's a a protection thing. Mm -hmm. It does. There's a lot that goes into that that I just am not, I don't feel comfortable around people in the same way. And I wonder to what extent that's going to return. And I don't know.
1: I think it's going to take time. I think part of it's being kind to ourselves that we slowly start adding some of those things back in. Uh Um, Are you saying I
0: need social training wheels?
1: (laughs) Well, in some ways, yes. That if we've Been cold turkey, not really interacting or giving presentations or doing any of that for over a year. I don't really think that you should all of a sudden book six nights in a row of speaking engagements the moment we feel like the world opens up.
0: If they want me, I'm going.
1: I mean, you're not going to host friends for dinner inside your house every night of the week as soon as you can and hug every person. Because it we just can't go from zero to sixty in that way. So I encourage people to start small when they feel safe to think through what are some small safe things to do. Hmm. I mean, I in the last few weeks I have hugged four different friends. And Super spreader. It I mean it took a conversation of all of us. Right, yeah. And and it's like, is this okay? Is this not okay? Should we be doing this or not?
0: And you just um, ran wrapped yourselves.
1: And, and you know just
0: kind of crinkled together.
1: <laughs> I mean, wore masks and but it was just weird after a year of saying don't do this, we had to have a conscious conversation and then I mean, I'd leave a gathering. I mean, post a year ago, I'd leave a gathering and just like hug everybody goodbye and not think about it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm having a conscious conversation of after a whole year, I would really like to give you a hug. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Like Am I okay with that?
0: Yes. This is my contract. I'm going to send over you. signed for hug. Yes. I get um, that.
1: It's honoring to have that conversation now for safety reasons, but I I had to start small. Um, I decided that being fully vaccinated, I was going to go out to eat, um, but that many people around still felt weird. And so I went to like a 2 p.m. lunch mm-hmm. because it felt like a way to ease into it all.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great point. I mean, it it is.
1: I mean, it's about being kind to ourselves of how can we start small and take baby steps instead of just expecting ourselves to kind of jump out of an airplane.
0: Yeah, that's a great analogy that feels it does feel like jumping out of an airplane. And it feels regressive in some ways, because I don't know about you, but do you remember when you had asked to go to a friend's house when you were a kid? Mhm. And if it was like a gathering or a party or whatever, I don't know if you had this question asked of you for your parents, but my parents always want to know. Cool. Who's going to be there? Mhm. Tell me about them. Who is that? Are their parents going to be there? Right? Those kind of questions. And yeah. as an adult, I felt like I had that level of conversation every time I wanted to sit out on the porch with a friend, right? Yes. Hey, I wanted to have a few people over, so I have to talk to everybody that I live with and be like, this is who's coming over. This is what they've been doing. This is what they do for work. This is their mm-hmm. character, right? Like it it was this it felt like I was teleported back into kid days where I had to have this exhaustive amount of information whereas before it was just like people are coming over. This will be fine. And that felt weird to do as an adult. I felt teleported back.
1: In some ways, I think there's parts of that that maybe we should keep portions of that. That sometimes um, to reduce everybody's anxiety, it's uh, honoring to kind of check in with everybody.
0: It really is. And I think that leads into a great point, which we're going to talk about in future episodes, about what it looks like to help lead and facilitate helping others as well come back with reopening? What does it look like in the church? How should we be leaders in faith communities to facilitate people feeling comfortable and helping understand the dynamics at work? What do we do with our coworkers and our friend groups and our families as things open up? And what would God have us do? And what does scripture say about how we can help ease some of the anxiety around reopening? And that's something that I'm really interested in talking about in future episodes so that being said thanks Lindsay for joining me in this celebration of michael's doctorate and the lament of his inability to be able to join us today this was fun
1: it was fun now uh we're gonna have to tell michael to do his homework and listen back to the episode and be ready to join us for the next one.
0: I know it did kind of feel like somebody had a a meeting. And so like, you know how you would just have dinner with like one parent, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it 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 was kind of like, dad's out of town. so. Uh,
1: I would love to uh, be the fly on the wall as he listens to the episode. And he probably is thinking, hey, I would have said this, or I would have done that. Uh, Michael, you can hold all your comments, and we'll give you a couple minutes at the beginning of the next episode to just, you know, word vomit and dump them all out. Yeah, all the interjections that you would want to give, feel free to share gonna, them at the beginning of the next story. A list of
0: grievances one. with our takes—that'll <laughs> be perfect. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We certainly appreciate it, and we've uh, always enjoy this. Uh, good luck with everything for you as you try and find your vaccine appointments and. Uh, discuss logistics and work through everything around reopening and returning to some sort of normality, whatever that maybe, or however you would define it. Now, we want to say a special thanks to Justin Patton for producing this episode and doing our music. Thanks, Justin. We really appreciate it. You do a great job. And as always, you can find us on all of your major podcasting platforms, and feel free to drop a review. And give us some stars. You know, we deserve some stars. Everybody, Lindsay does. Maybe I don't. But Lindsay, she's got a lot of expertise and puts a lot of work into these, and I show up. So, you know, I get one star. You can give Lindsay the other four stars. And then, <laughs> and then it's a five-star podcast review right there so (laughs) thanks so much and we always love hearing from you thanks for all the feedback and comments uh, and we appreciate you bye grandma